And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed It. Today, we're going to be breaking down the Buffalo mass shooting that happened back in May. We got a lot to cover. Let's get into it, guys. New intro coming in. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations. Okay, guys, HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. This is the arrest paperwork, okay? So he turned himself in on February 13, 2019. This charge carries a death penalty. Florida is one of the states that still has the death penalty, guys. Facing two counts of premeditated murder. 6ix9ine ran with these two guys. Billy Seiko introduced 6ix9ine to your boy, Kefano Jordan, a.k.a. Shadi. No one else has these documents, by the way. I've been looking everywhere. 1812. So he was in this bad boy. We're going to go over his past, the gang ties, so that this all makes sense. Hey, how'd y'all like that, baby? <laughs> Shout out to uh, one of my guys uh, that made that for me, man. That's a really good intro. I think that one is a lot better than the last one. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, uh, welcome to Fed 1811, guys. On here, we break down criminal cases for you guys. This is a little bit different than the normal fresh and fit where I debate girls. On here, we break down criminal cases, whether it's terrorism, shootings, uh, RICO cases, gang cases, drug trafficking, human smuggling. Whatever it may be, if it has some type of law enforcement nexus to it, I could probably break it down for y'all. Um, as you guys know, I used to be a special agent of Homeland Security Investigations myself, and I did a whole bunch of different kinds of cases, guys. I've done everything from money laundering cases to drugs to organized crime to um, racketeering cases, gang cases. I've done fraud, oil theft, human smuggling, human trafficking, firearms. Uh, I've done terrorism investigations. So. I've done all kinds of cases, but I would say if I, if, you know, if I was to pick like my main like expertise that I know, like the back of my hand, definitely drug trafficking, human smuggling as well. Um, but, you know, I'm very well versed in uh, all kinds of different crimes. That's one of the benefits of uh, Homeland Security Investigations is uh, it's a very diversified agency. You could get pretty much get involved in any type of crime. I've worked with so many different law enforcement agencies. I've worked with, obviously, the FBI, ATF, DEA, the military agencies like OSI, uh, Army CID, um, NCIS. Um, a state and local law enforcement, whether it's uh, state police and or county sheriff's offices. So I'm very well aware of how all different facets of law enforcement work, whether it's federal, state, and municipal. So uh, yeah, man, on this channel, we break it down. There's no other YouTube channel on here that breaks down criminal cases from the perspective of a former Fed guy, because I actually used to do these cases myself. And uh, another thing too, just so you guys know, quick announcement for the channel. So if I get enough likes, I'm going to go ahead and record an episode for y'all because I noticed when I react to the documentaries, it's a lot better when I pre-record it and then release it for you guys. So I don't get hit with like the copyright BS or whatever it may be. So I might go ahead and record a special episode for y'all and drop it on Tuesday right after this one. And then on top of that, guys, I'm also going to be doing cases uh, that I did when I was an agent myself. I know some of you guys have asked, Hey, Myron, we want to hear some of the cases that you did yourself when you were an agent, you know, what ended up getting you bald and or the gray hairs. Don't worry. I will be breaking down some of the investigations that I did myself. I actually did one of them. Uh, a couple weeks back where uh, I was involved uh, team leader on a case where we arrested a dirty border tr patrol agent that was uh, basically trying to have sex with uh, some kids. And, uh, you know, I detailed that one and you guys really enjoyed that. So there's going to be, you know, different types of format of content for y'all. So, you know, I'll be doing my personal case that I did when I was in Asia, which I have a million stories to tell you guys on that one. I still haven't even given you guys the good stuff on that yet. Um, I'm also going to be reacting to documentaries. Um, you know, as you guys know, uh, the FBI Files is a show that I really like. It's older. It's from the late 90s, early 2000s. But the documentary is solid because it goes over details that these newer um, documentaries don't necessarily cover. Um, and then I'll also be covering cases like this uh, where 
you know, it's going to be a more traditional breakdown of, you know, contemporary cases going on. As you guys know, this case I've been following since it happened back in May. Um, the Buffalo shooting. I have a friend actually that lives in Buffalo. She was able to help me gather some documents for this thing and give me some of the info of what was going on. So I've been following this case very closely. And um, as you guys know, he was arrested by the state first. And then the feds ended up taking the case, as I predicted. And um, yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, other announcements real quick is I called it NBA young boy. I told y'all that the feds did make a serious mistake in the California case, but keep in mind guys that he also has another trial to deal with in Louisiana, which that one is going to be a uh, harder. You know what I mean? Cause they do have him um, on camera. Uh, they have, they have some things on camera with him holding the guns, but they might be able to get that suppressed. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, man, other than that, so let's hit some of these super chats. Hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> some of those quick announcements and guys do me a quick favor. Some of you guys are in here. So go ahead and like the video, man. Subscribe to the channel. So let's see here. We got a couple of these chats real quick before we get into this thing. Um, yeah, let's see. And I got Christina in the house, by the way, as well. Christina, you want to say what's up to the people? Oh, hi. <laughs> That's it? Just hi? Oh, no, what? I need people in New York and in Memphis. Okay, why? For Young Dolph, right? Yeah, for Young Dolph. And then also for what? 42? What's, we did 42, Doug. No, already. no, 22. 22? Wait, I don't know. What's the other guy? Oh, two two Gs. You mean? Okay. I don't, yes. I don't, I don't know. Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York City. And then also the other, and also Coast. Who? Coast the Ghost. Oh, Coach the Ghost. Yes, yeah, I, I have his docs. I just need uh, his murder stuff. No, um, but we have like the only indictment. We don't have everything. Uh, we yes. I, w hold on. What are we missing then? We need the affidavit. Okay. And we need a police report. Okay, so anybody from New York that wants to help us out with that stuff, man, let us know. So anyway, real quick, uh, super chats. Grease Junkies DIY, do it yourself. A Rich Porter Apple breakdown be lit. Also, a Chinks Anthrax or Anthrax from Sinaloa Cartel. Got y'all. I'm probably going to go ahead and do that Rich Porter Apple breakdown for y'all maybe tonight. I'll probably pre-record it and then put it for you guys because, like I said, when I live stream it, it causes issues when I react to the documentary. Uh, I am uh, Dakare. Intro, Myron. Uh, fire intro. Love the grind and hard work you put in for the FNF Family Road to 1 million. We got y'all, baby. Like I said, I do this channel mostly, guys. This isn't to make money. It's really because I enjoy doing it. Um, because and there's no one, no one else doing this shit on YouTube. So I, I really enjoy educating you guys on this stuff. The intro goes way too crazy. I appreciate it, bro. Shout out to my guy that did it, Imru. So um, and then we got a uh, way better intro. Thank you so much, Five Star Sports Betting. And then uh, let's see here. Anything else? Okay, I see a lot of fire emojis. You guys really enjoyed that intro. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, did I miss any chats? And then we got Michael Meestroke here, two bucks super sticker. Thank you so much. And then uh, Nero Santana. Goes out of Texas. We need you to do uh, SPM, aka South Park Mexican. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then anything else here? Mm, Christina, no. I, think I called them all. Yeah. Okay. And then shout out to all the members, by the way. Christina's going to highlight all y'all's chats. Uh, so don't worry, man. And new intro is lit. Um, yeah. Five star sports bet. And then we got Big Mo in the house as well. My guy at Zoji. Okay. Shout out to you, Big Mo in the house. Um, I can hear Myron, the Middle Eastern music coming from a uh, father Myron's beard. <laughs> yeah, I got a, uh, I got a, yeah, I'm extra hairy right now, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to cut my hair and my beard here very soon. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yes, I will do that in the future guys. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, oh wait, what's up? If they have any case that we want to cover, um, contact the Instagram. Feta1811 on Instagram. She manages that one. So if you guys have cases that you guys want us to cover as well. Make sure to send her a DM on there. And uh, yeah, you know, she helps manage uh, that account. Um, cool. So uh, there's 537 of you guys in here. So do me a favor. Like the video, man. Appreciate you guys being here on a Sunday night. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me. So uh, let's get right into it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and cover the Buffalo Mass Shooter, a.k.a. Uh, Peyton Gendron. Um, and we're going to go ahead. I'm going to start this thing 
with going uh, showing you guys a um, news article, I guess we're a news clip from NBC News here. Um, and this came out on May 15, 2022, pretty much the day after the shooting happened. Of course, obviously, there's pandemonium anytime there's a shooting. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and read this, uh, go through it. It's going to give a pretty good summary on the events that led up to the shooting. And then we're going to go ahead and read some of the court documents. What, what's up? No, they're just talking about your beard. Oh, the beard. Oh, they're making <laughs> jokes in the chat. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, so, guys, do like the video and let's get into this bad boy, man. Uh, let me enlarge this for y'all real fast. And then, cool. You know what? Actually, let me, let me make it all the way big for y'all. Cool. Authorities say the alleged shooter planned it all. Yep, he pulled up with body armor guys and a bunch of tactical stuff. It started around 2.30 Saturday afternoon in the parking lot of this Topps Friendly Market store in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo. The alleged shooter wearing full body armor. Give me ones in the chat, by the way, guys, if the um, sound is good. You know, we, we worked really hard to get that crinkle out of it. I know there was like some static issues that we had before, but it should be completely gone by now. And you should not have any type of issues with uh, with that. So give us ones in the chat if the audio is good on this all right, awesome, awesome. I see a bunch of ones. Perfect, perfect. We're always working to make the sound quality great for y'all. All right. All right, let's keep going. And this is him right here, by the way, guys. You can see he's here tacked out, combat boots, fatigue, um, uh, uh, hunting shirts on. Obviously, he had some body armor as well. Um, and this is, you know, moments after he was arrested uh, by Buffalo police after the shooting. And tactical gear targeting people of color. Zanetta Everhart's 20-year-old son, Zaire Goodman, worked at Tops and was helping an older woman with her groceries in the parking lot. He was shot in the neck, but the bullet didn't cause major damage. I've protected him his whole life from the ills of the world. And here we have a man. And guys, he actually live-streamed the shooting on Twitch. Now, I have the footage, but there's no way I could play it for y'all on YouTube. It would literally get, <laughs> it would probably get shot, uh, get uh, sniped off YouTube, but... It was it's really graphic. It's really, really bad. But the dude literally live streamed himself doing this on Twitch like a fucking dummy. Stupid. A terrorist who came into my community, into our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's um and he drove guys from about two hours, no, almost three hours away, Conklin, okay? Just so you guys kind of get the idea here. I'll show you guys this real fast. He drove, my man drove all the way from Conklin, New York to Buffalo, which is 208 miles, as you guys can see here, okay? Uh, it's right here. Here's a state in New York. All right, for all my international people, because we got a lot of people that are international that watch this show. So here we go. We're going to go into the state of New York, guys. Here's the big map of the United States. We're going to go ahead here. Conklin is right here on the Pennsylvania border, okay? Um, and he basically drove all the way from here to Buffalo, okay? And for some of you guys that aren't aware, Buffalo is literally right on the um, the border of Canada, okay? Uh, Niagara Falls is what separates the two countries. And he pretty much drove three hours to commit this crime. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Conklin here in a second. But that kind of gives you guys a perspective on, you know, the ridiculous uh, effort this guy took to uh, to hurt innocent people. Hard. That's hard. 
The woman he was helping was killed right in front of him. Neighbors watched it all in horror. There's a whole lot of shooting. It was just rapid. Just one after just kept going. And next, you know, we came outside and it was just packed full of people. We saw, you know, dead bodies. They were covered up. In all, 13 people were shot. Four were store employees. Ten died. Aaron Salter was a father of three and a Buffalo police officer for 30 years. Tonight, He's being hailed as a hero. For the last four years, he worked as a security guard at the top. He tried to, um, you know, he tried to return fire, but the guy had armor on. Ops, Salter. And a superior weapon, which we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. Tried to stop the gunman. Fired multiple shots, struck the suspect, but because he had heavily armed, uh, armored plating on, uh, that bullet had no round. The suspect engaged our retired officer and he was ultimately uh, shot and deceased at the three diglets with a very good question here uh 10 bucks why did he choose buffalo uh was there a reason we're gonna get into that my friend don't worry he worked over 20 something years as a buffalo police officer officer lost his life at tops disgusting to me another who died 86 year old ruth whitfield who had stopped at the store after caring for her husband at his nursing home after all the carnage the alleged shooter threatened to take his own life but then dropped his gun and surrendered to police saturday he was charged with first degree murder and pleaded not guilty so here he is in state court guys uh, as you guys can see look you can see the sheriffs uh bringing him in um typically especially in states like new york guys um the sheriffs right in the south the sheriffs are kind of like the the main law enforcement agency but in the north guys New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, etc. Sheriffs don't have as much authority as they do here in the South. Typically, in the North, sheriffs act more as jailers. Okay, they're the ones moving the the um, the prisoners around. Uh, when you book them into the jail, the sheriff the sheriff's uh, deputies go ahead and book them in and everything else like that and move the bodies around. So, um, in the North, you have a lot more uh, the state police and the municipal police and the regular and you know city police, town police, whatever maybe they typically have more power and authority. But in the South. Um, typically the sheriff is the most powerful law enforcement officer in the area. So um, that's just a little bit of a distinction between uh, sheriff's deputies in the north versus the south. The lone gunman, armed with weapons of war and hate-filled soul, shot and killed 10 innocent people in cold blood. Today, raw emotion pouring onto the streets. People just wake up and come kill us whenever they feel like it, and that's not okay. We cannot allow this to destroy us. We cannot allow this. We cannot allow, we cannot allow those people that are upset and mad about what happened to try to take their own vengeance either. A community united in grief. All right. So, Thanks for watching. Um, so some of you guys may be wondering, well, hey, where was this place actually located? So here is the um, where the it was 1275 Jefferson Avenue. This is the actual supermarket tops right here where the shooting occurred. Actually, you could see here, this was taken Street View, May 2022. So literally, probably days after the shooting, as you guys can see here, there's a little bit of a memorial here with flowers. Uh, Buffalo police officers sitting there, probably for security purposes. Um, but this is it right here. Uh, and in the video, you could see him. He pulls up right around here. He gets out the vehicle and he starts shooting at people that are right, right in this area. And then he walks into the store. He actually shoots into the store as well. Um, like I said before, it's extremely graphic. You know, I can't play it for you guys on YouTube, but I'm sure if you guys do some searching on Twitter, you'll be able to find it. He actually live streamed himself on Twitch doing it um, before Twitch took the stream down, uh, I think about two minutes or so later. Um, but it was ridiculous, man. Yeah, he has fully tacked out, uh, you know, gear. So, <clears throat> so all right. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the uh, 
um, now that we know he got charged by the state, uh, and then at some point the feds came in and took over the case. So what happened, guys, is here's his, his federal court case right here. As you guys know, I tell you guys all the time how to find cases on Pacer. This is Pacer, uh, public access uh, for criminal uh, electronic records. Okay, court uh, court records, excuse me, court electronic records, Pacer. Uh, here's the guy's name, Peyton Gendron, or Gendron, one of the two. And these are all the charges that they hit him with. Okay, hate crime, including kidnap or attempt to kidnap, sexual assault or kill, um, violent crime, drugs, machine gun, uh, including kidnap or attempt to kidnap. See, so basically all the charges, right? He has multiple counts of these same crimes. So they ended up filing a complaint against him on June 15th, 2022. So about a month later, the feds went ahead and took this case. Okay, guys. And we're going to read through this criminal complaint because it details a lot of um, things on the uh, in the case. Okay. And then he got indicted about a month later. Okay. Which makes sense. Typically you have, after you file a criminal complaint, guys, uh, you have about three weeks to one month to indict that person. Okay. Now what is a criminal complaint? A criminal complaint guys is typically an, uh, an affidavit, right? That's written uh, by a special agent, right? Uh, some a law enforcement officer that's, you know, has federal authority and they go ahead and write up an affidavit and support of a arrest warrant uh, to put someone into basically the federal court system. There's a couple ways that you can put someone in the federal court system, but there's three main ways. There's either you file a criminal complaint, get them, get an arrest warrant, boom, go pick them up. You get an indictment, right? Which you go ahead and get an arrest warrant, go pick them up after that, or you get an information, okay, which is followed by the prosecutor. Most cases are indicted, and then you get an arrest warrant, go pick the guy up. Criminal complaints are typically done when there's uh, speed. You want to get speed. You the, the guy's in custody now. You want to get him. As quickly as possible, you, you know, the, the the agent typically writes up an affidavit. He becomes affiant, uh, you know, brings it to a judge. You swear this is true and correct to the best of your knowledge. Bam, swears to it. And then next thing you know, he gets assigned by the judge, gets an arrest warrant, goes pick, goes and picks the guy up. So we're going to go ahead and read the criminal complaint filed by um, by the FBI here. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, reading criminal complaints, guys, is uh, very good as far as figuring out how the investigators built their case. And it gives you a lot of things behind the scenes that you may not necessarily know just from watching the press releases and the news. OK, so uh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, we got the criminal complaint right here. Uh, United States of America versus Peyton Gendron. And like I told you guys before, criminal complaints typically always look the same. Right. It's the federal document AO 91 form. I've filed hundreds of these at this point, uh, you know, uh, when I was an agent myself for uh, seven years in the Western District of New York. I, the complainant in this case, state the that the following is true to the best of my knowledge and belief. On or about the day of May 14, 2022, in the county of Erie, in the Western District of New York, the defendant violated 18 U.S.C. 249, hate crime resulting in death, 18 U.S.C. 249A1, hate crime involving bodily injury and attempt to kill, 18 U.S.C. 924C1A3, use of firearm to commit murder during and in re, uh, relation to a crime of violence, and then 18 U.S.C. 924C and all the other things, use and discharge of a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence. And real quick, just so you guys know where we're coming from here, uh, they're basically charging him with civil rights uh, crimes here, okay? Uh, which right here, 18 USC Code 249 Hate Crime Acts, all right? So uh, as you guys can see, so the first charge, right, 18 USC 249A1, okay, 10 counts. So this is how you find it. A, right here, boom, in general, one. Offenses involving actual or perceived race, color, religion, or national origin. Whoever, whether or not acting under color of law, willfully causes bodily injury to any person or through the use of a fire, a firearm, a dangerous weapon, or an explosive or incendiary device, attempts to cause bodily injury to any person because of the actual or perceived race, color, religion, 
or nation, uh, national origin of any person, and then goes, A, shall be in prison not more than 10 years, filed in accordance with this title, or both, and B, shall be in prison for any term of years, or for life, fine in accordance with this title, or both, if, one, death results from the offense, or two, the offense includes kidnapping, or an attempt to kidnap, aggravated sexual abuse, or an attempt to commit aggravated sexual abuse, or an attempt to kill which is where they're going to get him here for the attempt to kill. Okay. So this is a basic uh, overview on, you know, 18 USC 249. And I tell you guys all the time, what is title 18 title 18 guys, the United States code is typical, uh, typically the criminal side. Okay. You know, like 18 USC 371, for example, right? I know like the back of my hand, that's conspiracy. Okay. 18 USC uh, 1962, which is typically like, like the racketeering statutes, I think is 1962. Um, you know, 18 USC uh, 922 G that's felon in possession. So, um, eight, the title 18 is typically the criminal statutes. All right, guys. But in this case, the 249 are the, um, are the, uh, the civil rights ones, you know, the hate crime laws. All right. So that's what the FBI is charging him under. Typically guys, the feds don't get involved in murder. The feds only get involved in murder when it affects some other type of what I call a trigger crime. Right. So for example, if you commit murder, right. Just, just like premeditated murder, typically the state is going to take that. Look at like YNW Melly, for example. The state of Florida is the one prosecuting him for the premeditated murder. Typically, the state always takes lead in murder. However, let's say the murder is related to gang violence or it's related to hate crime or it's related to some other pattern of racketeering activity or it's related to a drug offense, right? Then one of the, these uh, other crimes basically trigger... The feds can now kind of come in and then take that murder over, but they typically can't do a murder investigation if it's just murder by itself. It needs to be triggered by some other type of uh, stimuli, whether it's uh, you know affecting interstate nexus, racketeering, gang, affecting um, uh, interstate commerce, whatever it may be. These things have to also be in play for the feds to come in and charge murder. So in this case, the feds were able to get in and take this investigation. Why? Because he did it as a hate crime, which does what? affects uh, interstate commerce, which is considered federal. Now the FBI has jurisdiction to take over the investigation uh, that involved murder, okay? So that's something that I kind of want to make a distinction there because a lot of people think, oh, does the FBI do murder, et cetera, or do the feds do murder? Typically, no. It needs to be triggered by some other type of uh, prerequisite crime for the feds to be able to come in and take murder, okay? All right, so now that we got that, do we have any chats here that I missed? Yeah, um, did you do this one? Uh, did do what? Oh yeah, pull it up. Uh, Desmond Montgomery, can you? Uh, yeah, I read that one. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then we got uh, the security guard was my cousin. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, my condolences if uh, if if you lost a family member. Uh, if, uh, sorry to hear that. Uh, anything else? Yeah, we have all the way down. Guys, like the video, by the way, man. You guys are not gonna get in depth breakdowns like this anywhere else on YouTube or the internet, man. So uh, hope you guys are enjoying this stuff. Um, twenty bucks from Gator City goes. What's uh, what's guys? I love this show. Can we get a breakdown of on how Kwame Kilpatrick cheated on his wife, uh, caused him to lose his career in politics? Much appreciated. I mean, that's simple, bro. Anytime you work in politics, they're gonna scrutinize everything you do with a microscopic lens, bro. Like you got to be damn near perfect to be a politician. So they're gonna pull anything out to make you look bad. Uh, Venom two three. How the hell he plead not guilty? Well, it's common tactic, guys. You always plead not guilty at your arraignment and when, at your initial appearance. Like, you know, you always plead not guilty, and then, you know, you wait until the prosecutors draft up a plea agreement, you know, that that you you and your defense attorney can agree to, and then you go from there. You never plead guilty in the beginning. Uh, Ken, Ken Jimenez, uh, $10 super sticker. Thank you so much. Asa Taylor, keep doing God's work. Salute, my brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that greatly. Um, and then we got uh, Fed1811. Myron is one of a kind. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, definitely no other YouTube channel doing this kind of stuff for y'all, man. 
Uh, so I appreciate it. All right. So let's keep going through. This is the first page of the criminal complaint, guys. As you guys can see here, um, this was written. This this complaint uh, was filed by Special Agent uh, Christopher J. I'm going to probably butcher this. The Glusky, the Glinsky. Okay, Polish right there. Uh, Special Agent FBI. Okay, and here 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 is his uh, name signed. And then here's a judge, Honorable uh, H. Kenneth Schroeder, U.S. Magistrate Judge, on June 15, 2022, in uh, Buffalo, New York. Um, and, guys, you're probably wondering, okay, so uh, a magistrate judge versus a, a district judge. The difference, guys, is that magistrate judges typically, you know, when you when you file a criminal complaint, right, it comes in first as an MJ case or magistrate. Once it gets indicted, then it becomes a CR, a.k.a. criminal case, and then it goes to a district judge. But when you're filing a criminal complaint – you know, you just need to get the, the court paperwork in to get this guy arrested, to get him into the court system. So you go ahead and take your your you know your criminal complaint, and your affidavit to a magistrate. Magistrate reads it, sees that there's sufficient probable cause, signs off on it. You get your arrest warrant. You go pick your guy up. Then the case gets indicted. Typically, 14 to 21 days later. You know, depending on the jurisdiction, sometimes even a month later, like in this case. Um, and then they go ahead and it gets once it gets indicted by a grand jury. Now it's formally been charged. And it gets a CR case number. Okay, the case always has to be indicted. All right. Typically, when you file a criminal complaint, um, it's just to get the guy into the system quickly. All right, you got him in custody right then and there. You want to file your complaint, bam. So, uh, but I like criminal complaints because you can actually read the affidavit and see what the probable cause was to actually go ahead and pick the guy up. Right. So, um, so now we know that a couple things. We know what he's being charged with. Number one. Number two, we know who the lead agency is. We know it's the FBI, right? Because you can see um, the complaint signature right here. Right. That's very important to see who the lead agency is. So the FBI is the lead agency on this thing. And then um, and they typically do civil rights violations like this or hate crimes. And the judge is Ken Schroeder. Right. OK, so boom. So have David in support of criminal complaint. Now we're going to get into the facts of the case, the juicy stuff. Right. And guys, before I get into this, like the video. All right. Uh, affidavit in support of criminal complaint. I, Christopher J. Duglinski, being duly sworn, deposed and state the following. Okay, I'm a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, United States Department of Justice. I've served as FBI special agent since May 2018, and I'm currently assigned to the FBI F Buffalo Division Joint Terrorism Task Force, JTTF. So he's a pretty new agent. You know, he's he's only been on since 2018, um, and he's assigned to the JTTF. Okay, you guys are probably wondering, Myron, what the fuck is the JTTF? The JTTF, guys, is the Joint Terrorism Task Force, but basically, long story short, it's a group of agents that work together um, under the FBI, who's a lead agency for terrorism, and you have, you know, counterparts from Homeland Security, DEA, Department of uh, Diplomatic Security Service, Secret Service. Every federal agency you could think of, every state and local agency in that area, they're all sitting at the JTTF working together to combat um, domestic and international terrorism. Why? Well, after 9-11 happened, guys, we pretty much figured out that the agencies weren't sharing information with each other, and the guys that committed the acts on 9-11, which I'll break down that case for y'all as well, um, a bunch of different agencies knew about these guys, yet no one shared information. Since no one shared information, they weren't able to stop the attacks. And after 9-11, it pretty much showed a very big weak spot in the U.S. government law enforcement agencies with um, having discrepancies in information and information sharing. OK, so the JTTF, you know, it existed pre 9-11. However, uh, it became a lot more. Uh, how do I say this? Became a lot more friendly with interagency cooperation and working together. So um, every major city in the United States has a joint terrorism task force, and it's comprised of different agents from different agencies. And they use each other's unique, um, you know, legal abilities, law enforcement powers, etc., to work together. If you guys want me to give you an example of this. Put ones in the chat. If you guys want me to just keep reading the affidavit, give me twos. If you guys want me to give you an example of how they can leverage each other's abilities, give me a one. If you guys want me to just keep reading the affidavit, give me a two. 
I don't want to get too in the weeds here unless you guys want me to actually get in the weeds. Super chat. Super chat. Uh, 50 bucks from three diglets. The Glinsky sounds like an evolved form of Doug Trio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got uh, ones in the chat. Okay, mostly. Okay, ones. Okay, so I'll give an example, guys, of what I mean by this. So, uh, okay. So let's say me, for example, right? I used to be an agent with Homeland Security, as you guys know. Homeland Security Investigations, HSI special agents have a special um, power. And what that is, is we can search you at the border without a warrant. Why? Well, because we have customs authority. When you have customs authority, you can search someone at the border or its functional equivalent without a warrant. Because guess what? You have no Fourth Amendment expectation of privacy when you're entering the United States. Okay? When you're leaving and when you're coming in, you can be searched. FBI does not have this power. But Homeland Security Investigations and guys with customs authority do. So if someone comes into the country that you know is a criminal or involved in some type of, let's say, um, uh, how do I, uh, like uh, they're involved in some kind of activity that might affect national security or, you know, maybe they're a terrorist or maybe they're a spy, whatever it may be. You can have an HSI agent go through all their shit and search it without a warrant. And sometimes you can even do it surreptitiously where they don't even know because what? HSI agents have customs authority. Okay, so they can search you without a warrant. FBI agents can't do that, though. They don't have customs authority. So this is why, right, it's very powerful to have agents from different agencies under the JTTF utilizing their different skill sets, different abilities, different powers, right, to conduct investigations. All right. Let's say, you know, someone is involved in potential criminal activity uh, that is a, a, a member of the Navy. Well, the FBI isn't going to have access to naval records. Who is, though? Well, NCIS will. So if you have a member on the JTTF that's a part of NCIS, he can give you all his military documents, okay, um, that that guy, uh, all his, you know, all his issues he might have had in the military, his whole background, whatever it may be, NCIS, the NCIS agent could get all that and give it to the FBI agent. So this is why it's so important, right, to have um, – do we have something going on? Okay. Okay. So my bad. I thought I, I had a outage there. This is why it's so important, guys, for the agencies to work together, leverage each other's abilities, skills, and legal authority to um, to combat terrorism. Okay. So this is something that became very strong after 9/11. So that's just an example of what I mean as far as like utilizing other agencies. Okay. A bunch of agencies have different skill sets and powers that other agencies might not necessarily have. Okay. So for like for one HSI, they can search you at the border without a warrant. Army CID, NCIS, uh, OSI, they can go ahead and get military documents or military records that isn't necessarily um, open or available to the public, okay? Um, the IRS can go ahead and get you guys tax returns, okay, that you might that you wouldn't be able to get on your own or you'd have to do a, a, a million grand jury subpoenas to get. Um, uh, Department of uh, Depart uh, DSS, Department of Security Service, right, Diplomatic Security Service, you can, you can go ahead and get passport information or information on... Um, on other types of uh, people that you wouldn't be able to get yourself as FBI agent. So this is the power of working together. This is the power of having task forces, especially something like the Joint Terrorism Task Force, right? So this guy is assigned to the JTTF, right? Hope you guys uh, enjoyed that explanation right there. All right, so uh, as an FBI special agent, I'm responsible for investigating violations of federal criminal law, including violations of federal civil rights and firearms laws. During my career at the FBI, I have participated in investigations involving violent crime, drug trafficking networks, organized crime, and racketeering influence corruption organizations, a.k.a. RICO, street gangs, and national security matters, including international terrorism. In addition, I have had the opportunity to work with numerous FBI agents and other law enforcement agents and officers of varying experience levels who have also investigated these crimes in the Western District of New York. Okay, so guys, in any criminal complaint, that first paragraph is what we call an I love me paragraph, all right? 
which is uh, they teach you in the academy. You pretty much have to write who you are, who you work for, and your skill set and what qualifies you to be the affiant, right, in this affidavit. What qualifies you to go ahead and speak on this investigation? So that's why he's outlining his history, what he's done, and what makes him qualified to write this affidavit, all right? Two, this affidavit is submitted in support of a criminal complaint charging Payton Gendron with violations of 18 U.S.C. 249-A1, hate crime and resulting in a death and hate crime involving bodily injury and attempt to kill, uh, use of firearm to commit murder during and in relation to a crime of violence, and uh, use and discharge of a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence, which, you know, you have all the statutes here, 924C1A, etc. Okay. Paragraph three, I'm familiar with the facts and circumstances of this investigation. Such familiarity having been gained through my personal knowledge based upon my participation in this investigation. Statements and or reports provided to me by law enforcement personnel, federal, state, and local agencies, witness interviews, video footage from a GoPro camera recovered from Gendron, which is what he used on Twitch, guys. Information developed through public sources to include social media accounts linked to Gendron. Interviews of various witnesses, review surveillance, camera footage, records checks, of various public and law enforcement databases, records obtained from Discord, Inc., Discord, pursuant to a federal search warrant and other information developed by law enforcement officers and intelligence analysts working on this investigation. So what is he basically saying here, guys? I have a bunch of information given to me from other law enforcement officers, analysts, my own information that I developed, and I'm going ahead and gathering all this information for you, Judge, to go ahead and it's con consolidated into one digestible document that you can go ahead and see why I have probable cause to arrest this individual for the crimes that I am alleging, okay? Um, this guy, more than likely, the affiant is the case agent. What is the case agent? The case agent, guys, is the person that manages the investigation, the person that sees the case go to trial. He's the one working directly with the prosecutor. He is the overseer of the investigation, okay? Typically, the complainant is the case agent, all right? So they're the ones getting all the information given to them from all their different partners, all the different people involved in the investigation, and they're running the thing, all right? Because this affidavit is being submitted for a limited pur purpose, uh, that is to establish probable cause that Gendron committed the spe specified offenses, I have not presented all the facts of this investigation to date. Okay, this is very important, guys, all right? What does he mean by this? What he means by that is I'm only putting enough in this affidavit to establish probable cause. I'm not giving you guys all the sauce. I don't have everything. I, I'm not going to put everything in this affidavit, which another thing I'm going to tell you guys, anytime there's national security information, right? Sorry, national security investigations like this where the JTTF is involved, et cetera, nine out of 10 times there's going to be classified information involved in the investigation as well. And they can't put that shit on an affidavit, all right? Classified stuff can't go into the court system, period. All right. There's a reason why they have the FISA court system. All right. The Foreign, uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. OK, um, that's a whole other world, which I've, I've described on other cases. Go ahead and check out my um, my podcast I did on. Um, who was it? Uh, the FBI guy that. Um, uh, damn it. That sold secrets to Russia. I forgot his name already. Uh, Hanson, Robert Hanson. Sorry, Robert Hanson. He, he was uh, he was a traitor. Um, but uh, but the, but the thing is, guys. When, when you have uh, JTTF cases like this, cases that deal with national security, terrorism, espionage, whatever it may be, nine out of 10 times is going to involve classified information. So they can't put all that information to affidavit. They're only going to put what, um, yes, Robert Hansen, guys. They can only put what is, um, how do I say this? Law enforcement sensitive only, okay? So they're only going to give you the minimum required to get the probable cause, all right? Okay, so I think that's very important. And every, this is basic boilerplate language that you put in every affidavit. When I write, write my affidavits too, whether it's a search warrant, arrest warrant, or sorry, a, a criminal complaint like this in support of an arrest warrant, you would always put, hey, this is just enough to establish probable cause. That's it. This is not all the facts known to me, all right, on the investigation. All right, cool. 
Relevant statutes. All right. So he's going. So this is uh, something, I guess, that, that the Western District of Bu- uh, New York does, Buffalo, because we don't normally do this in our complaints. But every every district is different. Every AUSA, every prosecutor is different. So they go ahead and say, Title 18 United States Code 249 makes it a federal crime for a person to willfully cause bodily injury to any person or through the use of a firearm to attempt to cause bodily injury to any person because of the actual or perceived race or color of the person. Section 249 provide for increased penalties when the offense results in death or when the offense involves an attempt to kill, okay? Title 18 USC, uh, United States Code 924C, which if you guys remember, this is what they hit Pusheisty with, okay? Uh, makes it a federal crime to knowingly use or carry a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence for which the person may be prosecuted in a court of the United States and includes increased penalties when the firearm is discharged. Section 924J1 provides for additional increased penalties when in the course of a violation of Section 924C, the perpetrator causes the death of another person and the killing is a murder as defined in 18 USC 11111. Section 11111 defines murder as the unlawful killing of a human being with malice afterthought. But like I told y'all before, typically there needs to be some other type of crime attached to it for the feds to go ahead and take over a murder investigation, okay? Um you know, rest in peace to Sol Jaime Zapata, okay, uh, former uh, HSI special agent. He was killed in Mexico. That's what they charged the cartel guys that killed him uh, with, with 18 U.S.C. 11111, all right? Uh, so typically that's uh, the main statute, and then they hit them with something else that's uh, underlying. Okay, so let's get into the facts of the investigation now, okay, guys? If you guys are liking the video, liking this content, please uh, like the video. Um, subscribe to the channel, uh, Fed at 1811, subscribe. You ain't going to find content like this anywhere else, all right? So here we go. Now we're going to get into the actual meat and potatoes of the investigation of the facts that led to the um, the arrest of our guy, Peyton Gendron. All right. On May 14, 2022, at approximately 2.30 p.m., Gendron, an 18-year-old white male from Conklin, New York, committed a mass shooting attack targeting black people at Topps Friendly Market at 1275 Jefferson Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Topps, right, which we showed you guys, um, you know, the ridiculous driving that this guy did to get there. Okay, look, look at this. Three-hour drive. 208 miles, okay? And then not only that, um, he also went ahead and, uh, like I told y'all before, he went to, he basically came here to Tops, parked right here in the front, right in this, here, let me show you guys exactly where he parked, because I saw the video myself. He parked right around here where this cursor is, all right? Parked right around here, gets out the vehicle, all right? He has an AR in his hand, Start shooting at people over here, start shooting at people over here, and then he shoots into the glass right here. And then he walks in and he starts shooting more people inside. Okay. Um at twelve seventy five Jefferson Avenue in Buffalo, New York. The mass shooting which Gendron live streamed on the internet resulted in the deaths of ten black people and non fatal gunshot wounds to one black person and two Caucasian people. Gendron's motive for the mass shooting was to prevent black people from replacing white people and eliminating the white race and to inspire others to commit similar attacks. At the time of the attack, Gendron arrived at Tops in a blue Ford Taurus, drove to the front of the store, and came to a stop. He emerged from the car wearing a tactical-style helmet, camouflage clothing, body armor, and the GoPro video camera, and carrying a loaded Bushmaster 8, uh, XM15 .223 caliber rifle and multiple loaded magazines. Okay, so you guys are probably wondering, what the hell is a Bushmaster X15? I got you guys right now. This is the rifle that he used, okay? As you guys can see, it's a full-on AR, okay? Um, that holds uh, each of these magazines typically holds 30 rounds. Okay. If it's not, if it's uh, one of the high capacity magazines, all right, that's what he was using. Um, after exiting the Taurus, Gendron aimed the rifle at a black person, victim one walking in the parking lot and shot and killed victim one. 
Gendron immediately started shooting at other black people in the parking lot and near the entrance to Tops. During this rapid succession of shots, Gendron shot and injured one black person, victim two, and shot and killed two um, black people, victim three and four. A black security guard who had been standing near victims two and three retreated inside the store. After Gendron shot victim four, he fired several shots through the front window of the store and went to the entrance. As he approached the entrance, he shot victim three again while victim three was on the ground to ensure that victim three was dead. Victim two, who was lying motionless on the ground near victim three, survived and was able to flee the scene after Gendron entered the store. After shooting the first four victims, killing three of them, Gendron entered the store and immediately shot and killed two more black people, victim five and victim six, who were on the ground. And I saw the video of this, guys. It's very, very graphic, man. Very, very graphic. Um, you could probably find it on uh, Twitter. Uh, like I said, I have the video, but I'm not going to play it because it's, uh, you know, just out of respect for the people that passed away. And also, you know, YouTube would definitely not like that. What are you going to say? I was like, don't even post the video. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, okay. At the time, Gendron and the armed black security guard, victim seven, exchanged gunfire. Gendron aimed at, shot, and killed victim seven, okay, who was the pol retired police officer we spoke about. Uh, after Gendron killed victim seven, he turned and aimed his rifle at a white male, Tops employee, victim eight, who at some point during the attack had been shot in the leg and injured. Rather than shooting him, Gendron said, sorry, to victim eight before moving on through the rest of the store in search of more black people to shoot and kill. So guys, right here, this right here is what the prosecution is definitely gonna use to articulate the fact that this was a racially motivated attack. And I saw the video myself. So he goes in, right, and he shoots the people. And then the the, the Caucasian person that they're speaking about, right, they're, they're kind of, and I'll, what I'll do is I'll kind of show you guys what it looked like uh, so you can kind of have a visual. So the, the Caucasian guy was on the floor in between the registers, okay? So the guy's walking up, and he looks to his right, and he sees the guy there in between the registers, and he points his gun at him. The guy's like, oh, and he's like, oh, sorry, and the guy was Caucasian. So, and then he turns away, and he goes back towards the entrance of the store. What the prosecution is probably going to do is they're going to use that to say, listen, this dude went in there and was shooting only at the black people. And when he had a chance to go ahead and, you know, shoot at a Caucasian, he didn't do it. Um, so that's going to definitely be used by the prosecution uh, to, to demonstrate that this was a racially motivated attack for sure. OK. So uh, so be, be, uh, I'm, I would not be surprised if the AUSA is not going to use that as evidence. Obviously, it's a very relevant fact, which is why they put it in a criminal complaint. Wait, do you want to do some super chats? Uh, yes, I can read I, some chats real quick. Yeah, I can't put this on slow mode. Okay. Um, do this one, right? Okay. Fed it, Myron 18. Uh, I can read that one. Yeah. Fed 18.11, Myron is one of a kind. Dude, you stay with a super oh my God. cat near you. I'm confused. I don't know if I should. I don't know. Detroit Tone, $2. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Yeah, hold on. There's like a long but It's just. And thank you guys so much for donations, man. I really appreciate it, guys. Like I said before, this channel isn't necessarily about making money. It's about educating you guys and giving you guys uh, some cool content that no one else here. Great content here, Myron. Pay intuition. Thank you so much, Jordan Ford. I appreciate it greatly, bro. I really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, Gator City, 20 bucks. Excuse the typos earlier. I was suggesting your viewpoint or breakdown of the Kwame Kilpatrick Fed case. Much appreciated. Um, all right, Christina, can you make a note of that one? Kwame Kilpatrick. All right. Uh, Eddie Mejia, five bucks. Thank you so much, Eddie. Appreciate it. Also, like. Oh, look, we got one, 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 one uh, viewers right now. <laughs> <laughs> wait also oh, like man if they have suggestions like contact the instagram uh yes contact instagram uh guys fed at 1811 any anybody else no that's all right okay. okay that's it cool uh so let's keep going guys here uh so we were on paragraph 10 okay so he said sorry to the it's a victim eight who was a caucasian right um 
uh, before moving on through the rest of the store in search of more black people to shoot and kill. At some point during the attack, one of the shots also struck a white female tops employee, victim nine, in the pharmacy area of the store, which is located near the checkout lanes. Victim eight and nine survived the attack. Next, Gendron walked through the store's checkout line and shot and killed a black person, victim 10, who was in that area. Gendron then moved through the aisles of the store and shot and killed three additional black people, victim 11, victim 12, and victim 13. Gendron, still armed with that rifle, ultimately returned to the front of the store. As Gendron was shooting inside the store, numerous customers and Tops employees ran to the rear of the store and took shelter in a stock room, a conference room, a freezer, and a dairy cooler. Many others fled the store through the rear door. When Gendron returned to the uh, front of the store, members of the Buff Buffalo Police Department, BPD, encountered him and took him into custody, which is what you guys saw earlier when they had him uh, cuffed up. At that time, officers recovered the rifle used in the attack from Gendron. The rifle had various writings on it, including but not limited to the names of others who have committed mass shootings, racial slurs, the statement, here's your reparations, and the phrase, the great replacement. Law enforcement later determined that Gendron live-streamed part of the attack on the internet. Ballistics evidence recovered at the tops indicates that Gendron fired approximately 60 shots during the attack. After Gendron was arrested, BPD officers, aka Buffalo Police, recovered a loaded 12-gauge shotgun, a loaded bolt-action rifle, and three loaded rifle magazines from the Taurus. On May 15, 2022, the FBI executed a federal search warrant at Gendron's home in Conklin, New York. During the search, the FBI recovered a handwritten note in Gendron's bedroom in which Gendron apologized to his family for committing this attack and stated that he had to commit this attack because he cares for the future of the white race. The FBI also recovered from Gendron's bedroom a receipt for the pur purchase of a candy bar at the Tops on March 8, 2022 and handwritten sketches of what appears to be the interior layout of the Tops. So they were able to recover quite a bit of uh, you know, evidence from his house, okay, and I go. I got some photos of the evidence that they got that they recovered, guys. So here we have, um, here's the FBI, right, searching the house. All right, so here's his parents, right? Uh, the, um, the the FBI ended up um searching his home and interviewing his parents. Okay, the couple, Paul and Pamela Gendron, are, are cooperating with the investigators. Uh, sources added, um, photos at the home showed agents sifting through items and large. Uh, in a large shed on the property. Payne 18 is accused of traveling about 200 miles from the family's home in Conklin, New York, to Buffalo Tops Friendly Market on Saturday afternoon when he launched a slaughter that killed 10 people. Payne specifically researched neighborhood demographics to target predominantly black community sources have said. The teen was a former student at Brune County Community College where he aspired to be an engineer like his parents, okay? And here's his parents right here, guys. They're both um, civil engineers, I think, for the Department of Transportation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, right here we go. Uh, Paul and Pamela Gendron, Bo Gendron, both civil engineers with the State Department of Transportation are cooperating with investigators. Okay, so here's some pictures of the FBI at the search. Okay, here's the shed that they were searching. Okay. He just looks like, oh. Yeah, I know. He, he looks crazy. All right, and then here's the home, guys, actually. So this is public information now at this point. Here's the house, guys. I was able to find it myself. Amber Hill Road here, okay, in Conklin, New York. And there's the shed right there that the FBI was searching. Here's the home. All right. It's a nice house. Yeah, yeah. This is a nice area. Look at the backyard. I don't know how many acres. Pretty backyard. Pretty big backyard, etc. Okay. This is uh this is the place. But this is where the FBI ended up doing their search. Okay. They did a search warrant. Um, and here, okay, Conklin residents and neighbors react following Buffalo mass shooting. And as you guys can see, in 2008, right? Because he was uh he's 18, so I don't know how old he was in two. He's 18 in 2022. So in 2008, he was just a kid. 
You can see, look, this is the front of the house. He has his handprint here. Um, and the town is only 5,000 residents, okay? So the town of Conklin, with around 5,000 residents, found itself in the national spotlight over the weekend following the news of that the mass shooter who murdered 10 people at the Buffalo supermarket on Saturday was one of their own. 18-year-old Gayton Gendron, a resident of Amber Hill Drive in Conklin, taken into custody in his home, the site of FBI investigation from Saturday night through Monday morning, okay? Uh, let's see here. Was there... Okay, and this is some more information that they have. But yeah, this this is the this is the house, which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? You a small little town, five thousand people. Um, and let's see what they actually found in the house. Okay, so here he is, guys, with the GoPro camera. Okay, and I muted the song here, guys, because it's probably gonna hit what get what hit with copyright. So it says here, uh, paying get Gendron 18 spent months reflecting on his plans to conduct a mass shooting in his twisted online diary. Okay. Um, so as you guys can see here, here's the rifle. Okay, let's backtrack that just a little bit, and I'll enlarge it so you guys can see. Here's your reparations right here. I don't know what that says. S-Y-G Sigmos? Okay. Uh, and then we got here um, a bunch of other stuff written on here, right? And then um, some other derogatory terms on the, written on the rifle. All right. And said his, So he said his exposure to 4chan, an online message board known as a hotbed for extremism, kept him motivated to stick to his plans. And then here we go. Here's the, the diagram that the FBI was referring to in the criminal complaint. The Digital Journal primarily focused on the extensive measures Gendron took to pro, uh, procure equipment for the shooting. And you guys can see here, this is a little um, map of the grocery store. And he went back in March 8th of 2022. So two months prior, he had went there. But some of the entries details plans to lose weight ahead of the attack, his relationship with his family, and how he sold his belongings to get money for the rampage. So this guy clearly isn't all the way there. Okay, and then this is obviously the, um, the aftermath. Gendron was arraigned to one counter murder in Erie County, but could be upgraded to hate crime and domestic extremism charges, which he eventually was, federally. A month later. And yeah, crazy stuff, guys. Crazy stuff. Okay. Huh? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do we have them? Yeah, it's just long. If I don't want to put it on yet. Yeah. Uh, Somber Black goes five bucks. Why do they usually have expensive AR-15s? Bushmaster, you can't get them anymore. And Uvalde guy had a DD AR. Those go over 2,000. It's weird, man. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, I'm based as fuck. <laughs> this is also why we can't let the libs ruin uh, gun laws because bad people always get guns, but law-abiding citizens need our protection. I, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely a, a firm believer in the Second Amendment. I agree with you, my friend. The last thing we want is uh, the only people to have guns be police and criminals. Definitely don't want that, my friends. Uh, and then we got uh, Zeus, $2, react to computers uh, by FBG Wooski. <laughs> oh, man, one of the most disrespectful diss songs of all time. Uh, I'll probably get hit with a copyright if I do that, so maybe not. Uh, three deglets, 100 bucks. Damn, I wonder if deep down at the core, and I'm not joking, this hate crime could have something to do with BBC. George Carlin said a joke in the past about war starting because of D-size. <laughs> okay, three deglets. Yeah, I think this guy just wasn't all the way there, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He definitely didn't have all his stuff uh, there. Uh, and then we got Khalil Butler here, five bucks. When they seized his weapon, he had the hard ER version of the term of endearment painted on the top of his rifle. Yes, he did. He had uh, N-I-G-G-E-R definitely on the rifle. Yes, he did. He did. Um, 
Okay, we're caught up. Thank you guys so much for the uh, by the way. I really appreciate all the support, man. I hope you guys are enjoying this breakdown. We got 1,200 of you guys in here, by the way. So go ahead and like the video, please. So let's keep going. Uh, after Gendron was arrested, BPD officers recovered a little. Oh, yeah, this is the guns I recovered. Okay. So on May 15th, oh, yeah, we talked about the search warrant, right, of what they found at his place. They found the handwritten sketches uh, of the of the place um, and uh, his apology, etc. All right. Gendron's planning and preparation for the top's attack. In months preceding the attack, Gendron wrote a self-described manifesto containing a detailed plan to shoot and kill black people at the tops at 1275 Jefferson Avenue using a Bushmaster XM-15 rifle, a diagram of the interior layout of the store, a discussion of the clothing and equipment that he would use during the attack, including a helmet, body armor, and GoPro camera, which I showed you guys in the last video, and statements that his motivation for the attack was to prevent black people from replacing white people, eliminating the white race, and to inspire others to commit similar racially motivated attacks. Specifically, Gendron wrote the following in the manifesto. Okay, and before we read what was in the manifesto here, Gendron signed a note and addressed it to his family. And these are little footnotes that the, that the uh, prosecutor put in here. Law enforcement recovered a laptop computer in Gendron's Taurus, which contained a draft working copy of the manifesto. Additionally, law enforcement recovered a version of the self-described manifesto on the internet. The manifesto referred to the planned attack taking place in the zip code of 14208 and the top's location located at 1275 Jefferson Avenue is within zip code 14208. In addition, as detailed herein, Gendron specifically identified the top's 1275 Jefferson Avenue as the target of the attack and post made to his Discord account. Okay, so they were able to get that information from doing a search warrant on his Discord. Now, you guys are probably wondering, what is this manifesto that you're talking about, Myron? This is it right here, guys. Here's his manifesto. Uh... Uh, that he wrote, uh, you wait for a signal while your people wait for you. What you need to know, if there's one thing I want you to get from these writings, it's that white birth rates must change. Every day, the white population becomes fewer in number. To maintain a population, the world must achieve a birth rate that reaches replacement fertility levels in the Western world that is 2.06 births per woman. He puts the Wikipedia here, saw a list of uh, sovereign states and dependencies. The only white country that reaches these levels is Argentina at 2.247, but not Europe. Not in the rest of the Americas, not in Australia or New Zealand. White people are failing to reproduce, failing to create families, failing to have children. But despite this sub-replacement fertility rate, the population in the West is increasing rapidly. How is this possible? Mass immigration and higher fertility rates of the immigrants themselves are causing this increase in population. We are experiencing an invasion on a level never before seen in history. Millions of people pouring across our borders legally, invited by the state and corporate entities to replace the white people who have failed to reproduce, failed to create, the cheap labor failed to create new consumers and tax base that the corporations state need to have to thrive. So this is the like kind of the intro to his manifesto here, guys. Okay. And uh, he talks about, you know, in 2050, despite the ongoing effect of sub replacement fertility, the population figures show that the population does not decrease in line with the sub replacement fertility levels, but actual mind uh, actually maintains. And even in many white nations, rapidly increases all through immigration. This is ethnic replacement. This is cultural replacement. This is racial replacement. This is white genocide, okay? And this is basically the basis of his uh, manifesto here, um, right? And he goes ahead, and it's very long. I think this thing is like 180 pages long here, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, remember what you have to do. See? Very strange. And he goes, he ends the the, the last paragraph he writes here. As for me, my time has come. I cannot guarantee my success. All I know is the certainty of my will and the necessity of my cause. Live or die. No, I did it all for you, my friends, my family, my people, my culture, my race. Goodbye. God bless you all. And I hope to see you in Valhalla. 
and then he has remember what you have to do have what you have to save very strange um and yeah this thing is like a very long thing where he rants about um yeah and he's talking about his gear look he literally describes his gears right gunshots are loud 2x walker phones for earplugs oakley m frame ballistic large multicam oc ocp army combat shirt so he talks about his gear but this guy clearly wasn't all the way there gentlemen ladies and gentlemen all right he like literally his parents would not pay attention to him clearly not at all because like i get it you're 18 that's fine but this is probably one of the greatest <laughs> incidences of fucking self snitching i've ever seen in my life stupid god like damn how does your my man is literally has all his shit outlined here of what he's gonna do. <laughs> what a fucking dummy! But how does your family not do that? Like, and he lives in the house with them. Well, they're busy, man. They're they're you know engineering shit. You know what I'm saying? That don't. I wow. don't. I don't. He's know. a grown out. They're not yeah, gonna be in like, his house and shit. Yeah, but I mean, or not be in his room. Sorry. So, he's like, Mom, get out! Come on, man. You know how it goes with these weirdos. I guess I don't know. My mother and my father are mad. Like. Yeah, no, bro. They don't care. They're being the yeah. Thing. This nigga would probably lock himself in his room all day and fucking oh. plan this shit out, man. He clearly had this stuff for months, right? Okay. He literally has all. This is all evidence for the feds, by the way, guys. That's Look at crazy. this. Like he literally has all this stuff like outlined his in his manifesto. Crazy, craziness. Anyway, okay. So y'all can see um, that he basically. So all right. So let's. So now that I showed you guys the manifesto, right, and it's complete uh, and it's you know in its entirety to a degree. So this is what the, the feds picked out of this manifesto, you know, in particular for this complaint. Gendron wrote the following in the manifesto that he is ethnically white, has never been diagnosed with a mental disability or disorder, and that he ha was perfectly sane. Um, actually, stop the cap. The state police actually um, did a um, interviewed him because he made threats while he was in school and they found that he had some uh, he was perturbed mentally. So he lied on that one. B, that he was. A white man seeking to protect and serve my community, my people, my culture, and my race. C, that he was the sole perpetrator of this attempted mass shooting. D, that he had been preparing for the attack for a few years and that he actually got serious about the attack in the beginning of January 2022. E, that the goals of the attack were to kill as many blacks as possible, avoid dying, and spread ideals. F, that he was targeting black people because they are an obvious, visible, and large group of replacers that seek to occupy my people's lands and ethnically replace my own people okay g that he selected a target in the area code of 14 uh 14208 because it has the highest percentage of black people close enough to where he lives h they targeted the top store in area 14208 because it is where a high percentage of high and high density of black people can be found i that he made a map of the inside of the top store and decided the best plan of attack for highest chances of success j that he was inspired to commit the attack by other racially motivated mass murderers, and K, that he would live stream a video of the attack and publish the manifesto online to increase coverage and spread his beliefs, which is this manifesto here that I showed y'all, uh, which is extremely long and probably one of the worst cases of self-snitching I've ever seen. Uh, and he has some memes here, right, that, he, that he's using to... to um, kind of rationalize his stuff. Look, see, he has here the prison rates, equality facts. Okay. He put this all here. 
So, yeah, wild, wild, wild. And then he also has anti-Semitic stuff in here as well about Jewish people. So, yeah. Yeah, Manifesto's crazy. This dude is is on some uh, on some wild shit. Okay, so paragraph 17. Gendron also chronicled the progress and development of his plan on his Discord account in the months leading up to the attack. He stated that his motivation for the attack was to prevent black people from replacing white people and eliminating the white race and to inspire others to commit similar racially motivated attacks. He also wrote about his acquisition of firearms, ammunition, firearms, magazines, body armor, a GoPro camera, and other supplies for the attack. His testing of the firearms, ammunition, firearm magazines, and GoPro camera in preparation for the attack, his drafting of the above-described manifesto, his selection of the tops as the target of the attack, and his drafting of a goodbye letter to his family, which is believed to be the apology letter found in his bedroom. Based on Gendron's Discord entries and other evidence gathered uh, during the investigation, I determined that Gendron traveled to the tops to scout the location on several occasions prior to the attack. Give me a second, guys. Got to get some water. We've been reading quite a bit here. Getting a lot of super chats in. All right, let's. Uh, I'll read this paragraph, then we'll read the chats. Mm-hmm. On March 8, 2022, he went to the tops at least three times. During those trips, he created two sketches of the interior layout of the store, which are believed to be the sketches found in his bedroom. Counted a number of black people present inside and outside the store, observed the presence of two armed black security guards, and noted the number of black people in the area of cash registers. In the afternoon on May 13, 2022, the day before the attack, he went to the tops and spent time in front and inside the store. Finally, at approximately noon on May 14, 2022, only two and a half hours before the attack, he went to the tops and observed a healthy amount of old and young black people in the store and noted where the security guard was positioned. So he did his re- his reconnaissance, guys. He basically did some recon, went there a month before, went there days before, and then went there the day of a couple hours before, scoped it out, then came back and started shooting. All right. Uh, okay, so let's hit some of these chats, Christina. Yeah. And guys, please go ahead and like the video. Uh, I am basic fuck. This is also why we can't let the libs run. Uh, nope, read that one already. Zeus, oh, yeah, react to computers. No, I read that one. Hold on. We have like a lot. Come of... on, Christina, you gotta, you gotta get on point here. We have a lot here. of chats that we, I can't put on slow mode. Okay, uh, Mr. Beef Snorkel, twenty bucks. At thirty-two years old, it seems like these shootings have been going on forever. Myron, do you remember when they all started being so frequent? This country needs leadership. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I, there was a time, you know, I remember Columbine was a big deal back in the nineties. Seems like Columbine happens all the time nowadays. You know. Uh, school shootings have definitely like been something it's, it's, it's common now, sadly, you know, uh, back in the nineties, it was like rare. Like when, when Columbine happened, the whole country went into shock. Anthony, oh, go back to the other one we missed. Uh, I could read this okay. Anthony Lewis. Yeah. Colin Parker, five bucks. Keep up the go work, Byron. I really enjoy this channel. Thank you so much, bro. I, I agree, appreciate it. And then what else do we got here? Uh, Anthony Lewis, can you explain fed and state prison condition differences? Uh, isn't fed prison easier to deal with in comparison to state? It depends. You know it depends if you're like in a high security prison or a low security prison. You know, if you're like in Florence, right? The the eight, the max, that shit sucks. You know, versus in a low low security federal prison, which is like basically like a college campus almost. They'd be walking around and chilling. Wait, what do you remember that video that we watched? That had Talking like, to Mike. Oh, do you remember that video that we watched that had like the federal prison and like the what? That fed prison. I gotta find the video. If you watch the video about the um the prison, like the prison. I don't know what I, you're I, talking I about. I'll find it right now. All right. Uh, explains everything. Keep going with the chats. And guys, do me a favor. Like the video while you pull these bad boys up. Anything else? Are we good? There's so many like regular chats. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. 
Uh, Juan Antonio goes five bucks. The kid's manifesto is pretty detailed for a kid to come up with. Did he copy and paste most of his manifesto? He probably did. Probably stole it from, you know, other extremists. Sebastian, five bucks. Did you ever take down weirdos like that guy at your old job? Um, yeah, I dealt with a few weirdos in my time. Yeah, for sure. A couple, uh, neck beards and strange individuals. Uh, Ferg, two, six, four, ten bucks. Hmm. Him being crazy is no excuse. I just saw a motherfucker playing a flute with a stick in his skivvies. He was just evil. That's all. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely evil. Uh, I'm base as fuck. I should have paid him for my final English essay my sophomore year in college. By the way, stop calling him an incel. He's racist. Incels are different. Fair enough. Uh, King Life, two bucks. Did this guy have a girlfriend? No. Probably not. <laughs> Probably. No. I'm willing to wager that's a no. That's, a no. <laughs> that's definitely a nope. Uh, anybody else? Okay, Jose, $10 super sticker. Thank you so much. And then anything else? I'm going all the way down. So just double check. Wait, yeah. All right. And speaking of hair, guys, by the way, uh, the hair will grow here probably in about six months to a year. As you guys can see, I still got some thin spots here, but the the um the hair transplant doesn't take full effect until about six months to one year. So the hair fell out and it's going to start to re regrow. Uh, Mark off five bucks. Racism in NY New York State is at an all time high. Yeah, I mean, that guy's crazy, bro. Um, LB Berserker, five bucks. Did the security guard get a shot off? I think he did. He just uh, he hit him in the body armor, though. And the kid did the recon, so he knew that there were going to be armed security guards, so he was prepared. That's it? That's it? Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so um, conclusion. I submit that based on the evidence described in this affidavit, there's probable cause to believe that Gendron violated 18 U.S.C. 249 by shooting and killing victims 1, 3 through 7, and 10 through 13 because of their actual and perceived race and color. This could play alleges 10 counts of hate crimes resulting in death, one for each of uh, victims 1, 3, uh, 1, three through seven and 10 through 13. I further submit that based on the evidence described in this affidavit, there's probable cause to believe that Gendron violated 18 USC 249 by shooting and attempting to kill victim two because victim two's actual and perceived race and color and by causing the victim, the, the, causing the shooting of victims eight and nine while he was attempting to kill black people at the tops because of their actual and perceived race color. See what I mean, guys? See, they use that as, as further evidence to show that it was a racially motivated attack. This complaint alleges three counts of hate crimes involving bodily injury and an attempt to kill one for each of the victims, two, eight, and nine. I further submit that based on the evidence in this affidavit, there is probable cause to believe that Gendron violated 18 U.S.C. 924C as to victims one, three through seven, and 10 through 13. There's probable cause that Gendron, during and in relation to the commission of a crime of violence for which he may be prosecuted in a court of the United States, that is, the 10 counts of hate crimes resulting in death alleged in a complaint, knowingly used and carried a firearm. There's further probable cause to believe that Gendron discharged a firearm during the course of each of the set offenses, I further submit that, based on Gendron's extensive efforts to plan or prepare for the attack at Tops and his staged goal of killing as many black people as possible during the attack, there is probable cause to believe that Gendron committed the killings with malice, afterthought, and therefore such killings constituted murders within the meaning of 18 U.S.C. 1111. This complaint alleges 10 counts of use and discharge of a firearm to commit murder during and in relation to a crime of violence one for each of victims 1, 3 through 7, and 10 through 13. I further submit that based on the evidence in this affidavit, there's probable cause to believe that Gendron violated 18 U.S.C. 924C as the victims 2, 8, and 9. There's probable cause that Gendron during and in relation to commission of a crime of violence uh, for which he may be prosecuted. So it gets redundant, right, guys, here? Um, so we'll, we'll skip this. Okay, wherefore, based on the foregoing, I submit there's probable cause to believe that on or about May 14, 2022, in the Western District of New York, Pay and Gendron committed violation of 18 U.S.C. 249, uh, right? A hate crime resulting in death and hate crime involving bodily injury and attempt to kill. And then 924C, uh, use of a farm to commit 
murder during and in relation to a crime of violence. And here he goes, Christopher J. Deluxe uh, FBI special agent, bam, and then here's a judge signed on June 15th, 2022, Western District of New York. So that's a criminal complaint, guys. Uh, and you guys can see, right, between the shooting, his manifesto, which gave the, this right here is probably one of the strongest pieces of evidence that the feds have, because now they, they literally have written proof, right, uh, that this guy did these attacks and it was racially motivated. Not only that, but the video that he had of himself on Twitch shooting at the black people while sparing a white person. This is all evidence that's going to come in, guys, to show that this was 100% racially motivated. All right. So here's the indictment, guys. Okay. Um, and you, as you guys know, an indictment is what? A formal charge uh, against someone where a grand jury, basically, you know, a peer of citizens, your, your, your peers, right, uh, get together. He, they hear a case. You know, the agent comes in and testifies. Uh, and then, you know, they go ahead and deliberate whether there should be a true bill of indictment or not. And, you know, in this case, they returned a true bill, obviously, because there's an abundance of evidence. This is a big case. Uh, and they indicted him. OK. And this is the actual indictment here. Uh, United States of America versus Peyton Gendron. So this is the formal charge here. 18 USC, which we discussed before, 249 and 924. Right. Which is, you know, the hate crimes and then the use of a, a firearm during the commission of the hate crime. And uh, let's see how many likes we got, guys. Do me a favor. Let's, how many likes we got, guys? Um. Remember how you watched that? Uh, no, I didn't see that one yet. Okay. Okay, but uh, guys, go ahead and do me a favor. We got how many y'all watching? We got right now. We got twelve, uh, thirteen forty-three of you guys in here. Okay. Wait, which that's funny. Thirteen forty-three. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, eighteen USC thirteen forty-three is wire fraud. Let's see if I'm if I'm accurate on that. Wait, you want to do a little super? Chat? While we wait for the likes to get up, I need you guys to like the goddamn video. Uh, what was that super chats? Yeah, pull them yeah, up real quick. Because we're getting a lot of comments. I don't want to lose them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, I just it. Oh, I'm good, man. Yep, it is right. 18 USC 1343 is wire fraud, guys. See, this is how much this stuff is in the back of my mind, guys. Like, <laughs> wow. oh, man. Anyway, yeah, U.S. Code 30, fraud by wire radio television. This is one of the most common charges, by the way, guys, that the feds uh, hit you with is wire fraud. It's so easy to prove. Um, okay, so we got here uh, three Diglets, 20 bucks. No girlfriend because the BBC told you. <laughs> okay, Mega Mind Sports. Too much passion, Myron. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Five bucks. Uh, Khalil Butler, five bucks. I know it's an NY case, but it sucks when they convict him that they can send him to Angola. They treat him nice and good down there. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, that's from Khalil Butler. Anything else? Or are we caught up? No, we're caught up. We're caught up? Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm making sure. All right, cool. Um, uh, let's see here. I think I had another YouTube video for y'all. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and play this bad boy. Because this one shows a little bit more information. This is a couple days after the shooting. And this is from uh, ABC News, another trash news network. But hey, you know what? It is what it is. When, it when they cover stuff like this that's like, you know, apolitical, you know, mass shootings, whatever, it is what it is. This massacre in Buffalo. President Biden is heading there to meet with the families of the victims as officials release new details about the lives lost. And this morning, we're getting an exclusive look at the moment the shooter was arrested. All right. So this is a search incident to arrest, guys. They're obviously searching him after they arrest him making sure he doesn't have any weapons or anything else like that. And the warning signs that were missed. Stephanie Ramos starts us off from Buffalo. Good morning, Stephanie. George, good morning. President Biden and the First Lady will be here in Buffalo this morning, paying their respects here at the Topps supermarket and also meeting with the families of the victims. The president is expected to call for federal hate crime legislation so that what happened here never happens again. 
This morning, chilling new details on how the gunman behind the deadly mass shooting at a Buffalo, New York supermarket plotted his racist rampage. The individual was here a few months ago back in early March. Authorities now confirming 18 year old. And you guys know from you know reading the criminal complaint with me, it was March 8th of 2022 that he was there. And guys, do me a real quick favor. There's uh 1.3K of you guys watching right now, but we only got 900 likes. Can we get up to uh you know 1,300 likes? We can get 100% engagement on this thing, man. Uh, because again, guys, these videos are really hard to make. They take quite a bit of time for me to prepare. You know, getting all the documents for you guys, reading through the case, making sure that I have it in a certain way where I'm able to display it to you guys and it's entertaining. So the only thing I ask, man, you don't have to donate a dollar to the channel. Uh, you don't have to spend any money with me. Uh, the only thing I ask is that you like the video, guys, because I genuinely do enjoy doing these videos. And uh, if you guys get me to 1300, how about this? How about this? If you guys get me to the 1300, I will go ahead and as soon as I finish this stream, record another podcast for y'all where I'm going to break down the real story behind Paid in Full, okay? With Rich Porter and Alpo Martinez. I got a lot of requests on Instagram to cover that case. If I get 1300 likes by the end of this stream, I will go ahead and record another episode for y'all back to back and release it probably either tomorrow or Tuesday on uh, Rich Porter, Alpo Martinez, and that the whole paid in full story, okay? Um, so like the video, guys, and let's keep going. Peyton Gendron visited Topps Supermarket two months. Okay, I pronounced it correctly. It is Gendron. Months before he shot and killed 10 people in what the FBI calls a racially motivated attack. ABC News obtaining a 589-page document containing the suspect's alleged posts on the site Discord. Authorities say it appears to show how the gunman carefully planned out the massacre, visiting the supermarket on March 8th, where he was questioned by a security guard. The document also included sketches of the supermarket, outlining different aisles he could navigate quickly. The shooter allegedly describing the store as his first location. So he was going to go ahead and attack other places as well, guys, which is crazy. OK, other possible locations to attack nearby. Police say the shooter visited the store again the day before his deadly assault to conduct reconnaissance, then came back Saturday and opened fire. This exclusive video capturing the shock and terror in the shooting's aftermath as the gunman was arrested. Oh my. Crazy. God, he shot so many people in there. Julie Harwell seen here falling to the ground inconsolable. Her partner and eight-year-old daughter were inside. Overnight, her partner telling ABC News he and their daughter London had separated from Julie because they wanted to buy ingredients for a surprise birthday cake. I took my daughter so she can pick out what cake that we were going to bake for her mother's birthday, you know, try to surprise her. And then craziness, man. Crazy, crazy. What did you hear? Well, first you just you hear the gunshot. Oh, I see all the people running. So I just grabbed my daughter, ran in the back. Lamont and London hiding in a cooler as they recounted to our affiliate WKVW. I was scared for my mom. I didn't know where she was. I thought she was gone. They were separated for 20 minutes, which felt like an eternity. Could you imagine like you're, you know, at a grocery store and you find out that like there's a shooting going on and you're separated from your kid and you don't know where your kid is and there's some crazy gunmen in there. Dude, it's man. That's so scary. That's that's literally probably one of the most awful things ever. I mean, I, I can see why she's on the floor going crazy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and obviously the guy picked this area. Um, 
for obvious for you know because it had probably one of the highest densities of of uh, black people in the you know in New York. I'm surprised he didn't go to the city. I mean, if he really wanted to, but you know what? Probably because if he did it in New York City, would have been way. <laughs> he would have. He would have been. It would have well, been like, way worse. That feeling is like the worst. Yeah. Feeling. My yeah. mom had that feeling not to, like when I was in high school. What happened to you? Because we just like literally like I went to Charleston High, which was just all black and Spanish, mm-hmm. and it was like where like probably like a few white kids, but like we had some white kids in the corner all the time, just like to themselves. Mm-hmm. So they planned to come in to shoot all the Hispanics. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! They planned to go shoot all. The when did this happen? Um, I was like in, I don't know, when I was like probably sixteen. Wow. And so like it was so bad that so like, the police like uncovered a plot for some of the kids to come in and shoot the Hispanic yeah. kids. I think someone Charleston High? Yeah, someone snitched. And so we were pretty much on lockdown. And so my mom was like freaking out because they called um you know how they just call everybody's parents? Yes. And then obviously To warn them about stuff like that? No, they just they don't really tell you what's going on fully, but since everybody knew who my father was, mm-hmm. he found out. Oh, okay. And then it was like, yeah, so we're literally stuck in a classroom for mm. like hours. Because your dad was a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> 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 All right. That was the longest way I've had in my life. While they made it out alive, the gunmen killing 10 people. Celestine Cheney, Roberta Drury, Andre McNeil, Catherine Massey, Marcus Morrison, Hayward Patterson, Aaron Salter Jr., Geraldine Talley, Ruth Whitfield, and Pearl. Uh, rest in peace to all these people, man, uh, that passed away. Obviously, this guy is a sick individual. You know, just going in there and shooting people based on nothing more than the color of their skin is fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, these are the 10 people that were killed um, during the, uh, the mass shooting. Old Young. Hayward Patterson had just been at his church's soup kitchen before he left for the supermarket. He loved the community just as much as he loved the church. And so you would see him anywhere he was. He was encouraging people, you know, to be the best that they can be. Now, a demand for answers. Authorities revealing the shooter was investigated last spring after writing a paper shortly before graduation that referenced committing murder-suicide. So, yeah, he was on their radar from before, as I was telling you guys, um, when he's saying, like, oh, no, I'm perfectly sane or whatever. No, they, they the state police asked him questions because he was on some weirdo type shit. The school calling state police, but no charges were filed. The individual was brought in for a mental health evaluation. He was evaluated and then he was released. Definitely wasn't all the way there. Overnight, the suspect's friend, Matthew... And keep in mind, guys, that they posted this on May 17th. So this is before the feds. Like, I knew that the feds were going to 100% do a federal case on this guy. But at this point, it was a state case. May 17th, they they put this out. Feds didn't come in and charge him until later. You know, because like I told you all before, the feds, when they come, they typically get all their ducks in a row, make sure that they, you know, have their paperwork right. And then they come and get you so that you're not going to win most of the time. So... Uh, you know, a month later, they ended up filing that criminal complaint on June 15th, like you guys saw in the documents. And then they indicted him literally a couple days ago. They indicted him July, uh, July 14th. Uh, so they indicted him on, uh, I think it was, when did they, uh, that was literally last week on, uh, last Thursday, they indicted him. Uh, so and we'll go through that indictment here in a second. Sato telling ABC News the gunman dropped off ammo boxes at his house the day before the shooting, allegedly unannounced. The friend's family calling authorities to have that picked up. And George, this is just one piece of evidence investigators are looking into. And you guys, and we know this because, remember, the the, the FBI did a search warrant at his house the, the same day, right? That's how they were able to come up with all that inform, uh, evidence. So, okay. So here's the indictment, guys, uh, filed on July 14, 2022, okay? 
literally a couple of days ago, on or about May 14, 2022, the defendant Peyton Gendron, uh, an 18-year-old white male, drove to the Topps Grocery Store at 1275 Jefferson Avenue, Buffalo, New York. Okay. Uh, when the defendant arrived at Topps, he got out of his car wearing a tactical-style helmet, camouflage clothing, body armor, and a GoPro camera, and carrying a loaded Bushmaster XM15 .223 caliber rifle and, uh, and multiple loaded magazines. The defendant, Peyton Gendron, Gendron, shot four black people in front of the Topps, killing Robert Drury, R Roberta Drury, Pearl Young, and Hayward uh, Patterson, and injuring ZG, a person whose identity is known to the grand jury. So that's one of the survivors. That's why they didn't put his name. The defendant, Payne Gendron, entered Pay and Gendron entered tops and shot multiple people, killing seven more black people. Ruth Whitfield, Celestine Chance Cheney, Aaron W. Salter, uh, Andre Mc, uh, McNeil, uh, Marcus Morrison, Catherine Massey, and Ger uh, Geraldine Talley, and injuring two white people, CB and JW, persons whose identities are known to the grand jury. Uh, hate crime active, and when they say persons whose identities are known to the grand jury, basically. They they said the names in the grand jury, guys, but they're not going to put them in the actual document because the people are alive, and they're probably going to be witnesses and testify against them. So that's why they didn't want to put their names in it. They put the people that the deceased, but not the survivors. Uh, counts one through ten, hate crime resulting in death. Paragraphs one through four of the in, uh, in, uh, introduction are hereby incorporated as the counts one through ten of the indictment on or about May 14, 2022. And you guys can see again, they basically... Uh, in the Western District of New York, the defendant Peyton Gendron willfully caused bodily injury to the below listed victims because of their actual and perceived race and color. And then, bam, here are the 10 victims. Okay. Uh, the offenses uh, result in the death of each of the victims identified in counts uh, 1 through 10. And here, let me see if I could pull up that video for y'all again. Uh, hold on one second, guys. I think we have... Emma, um, this is the chat. We move oh yeah, yeah, pull, yeah. Pull them up for me real quick. Okay. And thank you guys so much, man, for the help. So, what are the likes at, by the way, guys? Get us to 1,300 likes, and I will go ahead and do that video for you guys on the real story behind Paid in Full. Um, because I know you guys definitely probably want that one. I got a bunch of requests for that. 1.3k. What was it? 1.3k? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we hit 1.3? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, I guess we're going to go ahead. <laughs> I guess we're going to go ahead and give you all that that uh, oh, wait, that episode on. then. Okay. If we hit 1.3k on, on the no, likes. Sorry, 1. No, we're 1.1. 1. 1. Oh. Christina can't fucking count. No, my phone. Stupid. Jesus, man. My phone's Stop broke. fucking up. My phone's broken. All right. Uh, okay, so we got here Juan Antonio, five bucks. We all need to keep uh, fucking eat farking each other so no. we will be the melting oh fucking each other so yeah. we will be the melting pot this nation was supposed to become american citizens will be uh will all be heinz 57 okay <laughs> <laughs> all right um and then we got uh, i will dig and agree with the bbc colin parker thank you so much i appreciate that my friend and what else we got anyone else um just double checking oh yeah found it Okay, and then real quick for you guys, because we got the 10 victims here, right? Um, <laughs> what happened? No, most funny. So, you know, you got the 10 victims, Roberta Drury, Pearl Young, Hayward Patterson, Ruth Whitfield, Celestine Cheney, Aaron Salter Jr., Andrea Mc, uh, McNeil, uh, Marcus Morrison, Catherine Massey, Geraldine Taylor. So these are the people, man. We're going to give them a moment of silence. Uh, 
because I, I want you guys to know who these people are. And Pearl Young. Because these are human beings that, you know, literally lost their life because some fucking idiot uh, decided, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't like black people, so I'm just going to go ahead and start shooting a bunch of people. So uh, let's take a quick moment of silence uh, because no one deserves to lose their life uh, in, in such a, you know, crazy manner. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, we see names here like on, a, on an indictment, but these are real people, man. These are real people, as you guys can see here. Uh, crazy. Absolutely crazy. No one deserves to be killed like that. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing. People hate law enforcement. Oh, fuck the cops. Fuck the police. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the police that are, you know, that, that pretty much stand between you and, and crazy fucks like this, man. You know, thankfully, you know, uh, Buffalo police was able to respond in a timely manner before we could kill more people. Uh, the FBI was went ahead and, you know, did a, a fantastic investigation. They did this very quickly. They're able to get this guy indicted and get him charged. Um, he's probably going to get the death penalty, if not life for this. So, um, you know, people always talk shit about the blue. But um, the blue is what keeps you from, you know, idiots like this doing crazy shit, you know? Uh, okay, so uh, counts 11 through uh, 20 goes here. Uh, paragraphs 1 through 4 of the introduction and counts 1 through 10 are hereby incorporated as counts 11 through 20 of the indictment. Okay, and then they go ahead and they put the victim's names, all right, and uh, and, the, and the charges, right? So basically, um, he knowingly used, carried, and discharged a firearm and in relation to a crime of violence for which he may be prosecuted in the court of the United States. That is violation 18 U.S.C., Section 249 is charged in counts 1 through 10, and in course of the violation caused the death of each victim listed below through the use of a firearm in such a manner as to constitute murder as defined in 18 U.S.C. 11111. And that the defendant paying Gendron with malice afterthought did know, un, uh, unlawfully kill each of the victims listed below with a firearm, which we talked about this, guys. He did it with malice and afterthought because of what? This manifesto here that we went over. Okay, we obviously didn't go over the whole thing because it's extremely long, but um, this is all evidence that the feds are going to use right, to show that this guy clearly wasn't all the way there, all right? Um, and then let's see here. So you got more counts, right? Hate, hate crime involving an attempt to kill, right? Because these are the people that he, that he with the initials here, these are people that he tried to kill that he wasn't successful in. Uh, hate crime involving an attempt to kill again. And then uh, these are the two victims that they list them out. And then use and discharge of farm during in relation to a crime of violence. Okay, again, have those individuals count 27, and then they char further charge. Um, let's see here, this one. Oh, hate crime involving an attempt to kill. Okay, and then they put the people's names again. And then the grand jury alleges upon conviction of one or more of the offenses set forth in counts 11 through 20 and 24 through 26 of this indictment, the defendant Peyton Gendron shall forfeit his right, title, and interest to the United States of any firearm, magazine, ammunition involved in using the commission of the offense or found in his possession or under his immediate control, including but not limited to. So this is the guns that they seized from him, guys. They took the Bushmaster XM-15, uh, 223 caliber rifle. Here's a serial number, one loaded cartridge. Uh, Mossberg uh, pers Persuader Retrogate 12-gauge loaded shotgun. Uh, one Savage Arms Inc. loaded bolt-action rifle. 
three loaded uh, fire magazines seized by law enforcement from a Ford Taurus, right? This was the vehicle he was driving with the VIN number. 16 rounds of 30 uh, SPRG federal premium ammunition in a box seized by law enforcement from a Ford Taurus. Four boxes containing rounds of ammunition. One round of 223 rem ammunition seized by law enforcement from a Ford Taurus. And then look at all this. Look at this, man. Just sling and ammunition accessories, plastic bag containing five rounds of ammunition, 10 rounds of ammunition uh, on clips seized by law enforcement, 20 rounds of 12 gauge federal ammunition, buckshot. Uh, this guy was coming with the with the fire, man. One green ammunition box containing rounds of ammunition seized by law enforcement, ammunition boxes slash medical supplies seized by law enforcement, speed loader for M4 magazine seized by law enforcement, ammunition clip seized, uh, black protector series gun model. A gun case model, 1501 seized by law enforcement, firearm accessories, green magazine pouch, uh, plastic bucket containing shotgun shells, Oakley Industry Inc. Uh, magazine cartridge seized by law enforcement, uh, one Mossberg box with label 50429 uh, 12-gauge model, 500 Persuader pump, BBL 18.5 CB bed, site, walnut stock, and cognum forearm. <laughs> Goddamn! Two high-capacity uh, rifle magazines, two to three caliber cartridges, uh, stripper clip seized by law enforcement. So this guy came with a lot, man. He was ready for war, guys. He came with literally, the fact that he came with medical equipment goes to show that he was prepared to get in a full-on shootout, but he pushed out when the police showed up. Um, as the, And then Payne Gendron was 18 years uh, of age or older at the time of the offense, uh, intentionally killed the victims, right? And then they go ahead and go into more detail. And then uh, this is the AUSA, Joseph M. Trippy. He's the main AUSA. Um, and then uh, this is, okay, yeah. So Civil Rights Attorney, Civil Rights Division um, out of Buffalo. And then Sean Patel, Trial Attorney, United States Department of Justice, 950. So they basically, so this right here, this Sean Patel, just to give you a little bit of game here, this person is uh, probably more than likely a special AUSA. And a special AUSA is someone that specializes in something or comes from another district to help so Shan patel is a trial attorney from doj so the fact that they got a doj attorney there means they got they mean fucking business so this is the ausa that's handling the case out of buffalo right the actual ausa assigned to the buffalo uh western district of new york and then this right here sean patel is a trial attorney from department of justice so i'm not surprised that they brought in an attorney from uh you know doj maine uh i had a doj maine attorney and dude they they mean business when they show up all right, they typically get involved when the cases are um, really serious, you know, whether it's like a mass shooter, terrorism, uh, public corruption with dirty cops or whatever it may be. That's when DOJ attorneys get involved. I had a DOJ attorney uh, for one of my cases, which I'll break down for you guys uh, in the future. Um, it's a crazy case. Um, it's definitely one of the cases that led to me having uh, gray hair. So what are the likes at, guys? And we'll read some of these chats. Um we got 1.3K you guys watch right now. Give me to 1.3, man. Give me to 1.3 so we can go ahead and give y'all that heat that you guys are looking for. Uh, we're, we're still at 1.1, guys. We're still at 1.1. Go ahead and get us to 1.3. Uh, I'll read some of these chats. Rest in prosperity. There is no respawn. My condolences. This isn't a video game. This is real life. Yes, man. For sure. For sure. Rest in peace to all the people that passed away. All right. Update 9-11. I'm waiting for that one. Okay. 9-11 update. I'm going to 100% do 9-11 for you guys. Uh, the Twin Towers. The thing is, is that uh, that ca that case I know is going to take a lot of time. I'm going to have to do a two-parter on that one, or it's going to be one of those like four or five-hour streams because 9-11, guys, was extremely extensive. I mean, between – hell, we discussed it a little bit now with, with you know, the agencies working together with JTTF. I mean, between the intelligence agencies, you know, the NSA, CIA, and, you know, and the FBI now sharing information, 
you know, uh, these guys getting issued visas from the Department of State. Uh, there were just so many issues um, there that we need to go over and talk about. Um, and then, you know, what led to, you know, how Bin Laden was actually caught. Because it's not just 9-11. We got to go from 9-11 all the way to 2011 when they actually found him and, and killed him in Afghanistan. Or, or sorry, in Pakistan. Uh, so I will do it. It's just that that one's going to be very extensive. Uh, do you and want me to get like witness statements? What do you mean? Like people who told the stories, like who they are. We, we might have to react to a documentary on that one, yeah. but we'll see. Because like my guys aunt, like the video. Yeah, my aunt walked in the towers. Oh, she was there. Yeah, but no, no, no. She had the day off. Really? Yeah, wow. my uncle. But like we went to the site afterwards, and we craziness. Have, we have pictures of how it looked afterwards, and it's crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see a three Diglas five bucks. We need to love and learn from one another instead of choosing hate. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Um, you know, there should never be, you know, violence on someone just because of the way that they look, you know what I mean? Or their skin color or whatever. That's ridiculous. Uh, it should have looked to the RP to help people clown the RP, but it saves men's lives and prevents this and a brotherhood of all races. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we're more, we're way more alike than we are, uh, different. Uh, Tara Xavier goes two bucks. Have you studied the police and the Uvalde shooting? Yes, I, I am aware of the Uvalde shooting, guys. Um, I know, I'm, you know, I'm very well aware that like Uvalde, guys, was only about an hour and a half from where I used to live when I was in Laredo, Texas. I've, I've been to Uvalde before. Um, a lot of gang activity there. People don't know that. There's a lot of gang activity in Uvalde. A lot of Lion Kings out there. But, um, you know, uh, I, I could definitely cover the Uvalde shooting as well. I'm base as fuck again. Oh, and Myron, please do a no savage breakdown at the Tyson's Corner Mall in Arlington, VA, uh, on Ak Ama Crush You No Savage. Okay. Uh, we can make a note of that one. Did you see this one? I'm trying to find it, but we have like so many. Like, what are the likes at, by the way? Guys, do me a favor. Like the video, man. That's the only thing I ask. Um, I really hate stop, having to stop the video. Ask for likes. I just hit. Well, if I hit 1,300, remember, guys, if we hit 1,300 likes, I will go ahead and do the paid and full breakdown for y'all. Okay. Uh, reacting to the documentary. And post it for you guys this week. It's probably going to take like, uh, you know, probably be like an hour, hour and a half long uh, breakdown. But I noticed that you guys like the longer videos a lot more than just the clips. So I might make it a weekly thing if it does well. Uh, Candace M, $10 super sticker. Thank you so much, Candace M. I appreciate that greatly. Do the $100 one. There was a $100 super chat? Yeah, I just, it's, there's so many regular stuff that I'm trying to find it. No, no, no. We read it already. Okay, great. It was from Three Diglets. Shout out to you, Three Diglets. We have like a lot of like. I can't do slow mode. I tried. Okay, well, you failed. I think. I think we're. I think we're caught up. I think we're caught up on the on the chats though. Yeah, I know we are. Yeah. Okay. I'm making sure. I'm just double checking. All right. So, uh, okay. So, oh man, we got this this thing done. Wait, you didn't read Big Mo's chat. Big Mo left the chat. What do you say? Shout out to Big Mo, by the way. In the fucking chat. Where where is he? I don't see him. I put on screen. Oh, I pray this dude uh, drops a soap every night and then burns in hell. <laughs> Shout out to Big Mo once again. Uh, appreciate it, my friend. And then Mike's World uh, goes, uh, read that one before. <laughs> They're saying you're a failure, Christina. Yes, she is. Good job, no, we yes. have a lot of regular chat. She is a fucking failure. You guys are right. Really? Uh, watch Mr. Untouchable about Nikki Bonds, the first guy. The Rico was used on and blind jury. Okay, we'll check that one out. We can definitely do that one. Uh, <laughs> NBA crypto boy in the house. Shout out to you. Uh, okay. So, okay. I think, uh, guys, with that said, did we hit the, the, the likes? Des designed, the desired likes? Mm -hmm. We're at 1,200. 
Guys, get us a 1,300, and we will go ahead and do, like I said before, 1,300 likes. I'm going to go ahead and cover the, you know, Rich Porter, Alpo Martinez story, a.k.a. from the movie Paid in Full. Matter of fact, I think you guys should all watch the movie Paid in Full right after this broadcast so that it makes sense to you guys when I give you guys the real story on Paid in Full uh, in about two days from now. When I go ahead and react to the documentary, I know I, I did the, uh, and I also want you guys to go ahead and check out last week's episode on um, on Operation Shattered Shield. Uh, I went ahead and re-uploaded it on YouTube for you guys. I had to do it on Twitch because I got hit with a bunch of like weird copyright bullshit. But even though it didn't affect the channel, but it, they were basically saying like they said, "Oh yeah, this thing is like spammers phishing or some shit like that." I was like, "What the hell? How?" I'm reacting to a documentary, so the, it seems to be the the way to do it is you have to pre-record it and then upload it versus like live streaming it live streaming it makes it weird so go ahead guys and check out the episode i did on shatter shield i really enjoyed it the timestamps in there are super detailed i broke down Operation shatter shield which is basically the biggest police corruption case in new orleans history back in the 90s uh there were a bunch of police officers that were you know extorting drug dealers beating them up you know you know loan shark a bunch of crazy crimes and even murder for hire and what the FBI did was they found out about this issue and they went ahead and put an undercover agent posing as a large-scale drug trafficker uh, that was holding drugs in a warehouse. And the police officers were actually guarding the drugs for several months. And they were able to do wiretaps and uh, put bugs into the vehicles of the, the police that were watching it. They were banging hookers and watching the drugs and you know trying to get the, the undercover agent killed uh, who was posing as a, 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 a big-scale drug dealer. One of the police officers actually ordered a hit on a woman and got her killed crazy 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 case man it was from the early 90s operation shattered shield big one of the biggest police corruption cases ever in u.s history definitely the biggest in new orleans i broke it down uh it was a really good episode people really loved it the stream went down in the middle of the show uh but people went ahead and you know uh watched it now that i put it up on on youtube man so go check it out uh relaxation you should do the bmf big Meech case it will be huge for the ratings you know what i will do that man Good. Um, Christina, definitely can you uh, make sure to write that down, Big Meech, BMF. Uh, the DEA did that investigation. I'm very familiar with that case. It was back in like 05, man, and they did it with wiretaps. That was a really good case, so I'll do that one for y'all too, especially since um, uh, drugs are one of my expertises, uh, drug investigations. Uh, oh, I think we hit 1.3K, did we? Wait. So yes, again. we did, man. Down the Marco to you guys. Down the Marco. Right after this bad boy, I'm going to go ahead and record the real story and pay them full for y'all and then release it this week. So you guys got my word. I'm a, uh, after I end this stream, I'll go ahead and uh, record uh, that episode for y'all. Christina, you got some for the people? Um, No, honestly, just like if you guys want me to like look up cases, just contact the Instagram at 18 11. Yes, because you guys have added a lot in the chats and we can't slow it down. I literally contacted. I tried to find it. I can't do it anyways. But um, yeah, just contact the Instagram. All right. Yeah. Hit a Fed 18, a Fed 18, 11 guys. If you got case, yeah. re, uh, case requests that you guys want us to cover. Um, also wait, let them know because what you guys getting these cases is not easy. It's literally a pain trying to find the case numbers. They're, um, the bond numbers. They're pretty much everything. Just it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It takes hours. It, it, yeah, it definitely it takes does. Hours. It does take a while. Um, you know, shout out to Christina. We're, she was the one that got the Tory Lanez report. We were able to break that. Like First ones on the internet to break down, to break that story that Meg the, Meg the Stallions was capping, man. And that took three months. That, that, that took a while to get those it's, police reports. We're working right now on getting the Young Dolph stuff, man. It's tough because it's gang related. So, yeah. But the, don't worry, guys. We're still working on the Young Dolph stuff for y'all. 
You have some for the people? No, because they um wait. Memphis. Okay, so I need people in Memphis. But here's the thing: you can't just call the courthouse and be like, "Hey, I need this documents," because they're not going to give it to you. Like I give you hit her up on the side. Yeah, you don't want to give too much detail on that. Yeah, like I give a whole set of rules. Yeah. So if you if you live in the Memphis area and want to help us out, hit up Christine on the side. Feta eighteen eleven. Hit her up on Instagram, and she'll um she'll tell you what to do. Uh, but other than that, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh get ready. Do this next. Um, wait, wait, more super chats. Oh, more. Okay, three Diglas, five bucks. Do the Drake Sweden case. He didn't get arrested, guys. <laughs> uh, Colin Parker, five bucks. Can you do a video on the Texas killing fields? About thirty bodies found across a stretch of Highway 45. Can you make a note of that, Christine, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Mm, just double checking because everything's coming in. Nope, we're good. That's it. Cool. All right, guys. I love y'all, man. Thank you guys so much for the support. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and record this episode for y'all on uh, the real behind the real story behind Paid in Full. Um, I'll leave you guys with this new intro slash outro I got. Um, and yeah, other than that, man, guys, don't forget to like the video on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Share this with a friend. Love y'all. Peace. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations. Okay, guys. HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking this is the arrest paperwork okay so he turned himself in on february 13 2019 this charge carries a death penalty florida is one of the states that still has the death penalty guys facing two counts of